Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Oh, I hope you are doing well. Matt and Alex with you. I hope you're enjoying your, your morning coffee. Uh, Rach underscore Robert 64 on Instagram messaged us, said, Hey, uh, can you solve a dispute me and my son are having? Oh, right off the bat, let's do it. Yeah, well, she says, Does Marge Simpson, you know, in the little interstitials that we have... You mean this one? Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Exactly that one. <laughs> um, Rachel's like, it says... The dispute that me and my son are having is, does Marge Simpson say, well, I feel it does, or well, I feel a buzz? Buzz. It's definitely buzz, it's right? It's a big old light year right there. Well, I feel a buzz. I mean, Marge Simpson is very responsible, mm. but I don't think that she, in this instance, is saying, oh, I think it I think it does harm people. Yeah. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, well, I, I believe it does. Yeah, nah, nah, Marge. Marge isn't that much nah, of a Nah, she's got her buzz nerd. on. And I hope you do as well, whether it is the morning coffee or the evening whiskey, which goes very well with a Matt and Alex all-day breakfast. We have incredible comedian Cameron James on the show later on, a very funny man who's put together a very, very good podcast. So we cannot wait to have a little chat to him later on. And Matt O'Kine, uh, I've, I've had my radar picked up. It's been picking up something a little bit fishy. From yesterday. <laughs> Bit pongy. Oh, I've hey? been down the munger. I tell you what, it's got that big old whiff about it. And we're going to get into that in a moment, okay, as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Matt, you love a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I do. I truly do. And some I believe. <laughs> um, I, although I heard a, I heard a cracker recently. Okay, so this was this was uh, someone told me very very like earnestly over dinner recently at our Q and on meeting. <laughs> they said um, <laughs> they said that uh, the recent the restaurants getting hit with COVID um, alerts, right? That uh, that it was all it was happening on purpose. That there was someone trying to bring down particular big Sydney restaurants. Oh, and so and he this person said to me, they said, I knew one was going to get hit last week. Right? Really? And then and now the news came out today that it's been you know no not today but when he was telling me this he was like and now it's just come out that he got hit and I heard this last week. Wow! And I'll tell you I'll tell you what the next one is going to be. Yeah. And I'm not going to say the name. No, nothing's happened. No, okay. Well, they're probably just waiting. <laughs> All those preachers who say the apocalypse is coming. That'd be the awkwardest moment where it's like, okay, it didn't happen this time, but I'm sure next time. Um, well, Donald Trump reckons there's a big conspiracy going on in the States with the Democrats and the lamestream media, as he likes to say on Twitter. Are we? Do you think we're the lamestream media? I don't know. It's all daily breakfast alternative media, alternative facts. I don't know. But uh, he's going on. The Democrats are rigging it. There's all sort of votes counting. Yeah. Why the Democrats decided not to rig the Senate elections, which are on the same ballots, uh, which they're not in charge of, and so will find it very difficult to pass legislation through the Senate. I, I, if I was in the meetings, I would have said also rig that as well. I mean, but they must have forgotten to rig a national, a, a whole national election. Do you know how difficult it is to organise that many people to? 
There's a lot of rigging. Conspire. Particularly, <laughs> so rigging. Particularly given that, uh, yeah, the other counts seem to be fine. All the votes for him not rigged. The other one's rigged. But I actually got a bit of sympathy for Donald because I reckon I found a conspiracy yesterday. All right. Okay. I reckon I have one because if you did listen to yesterday's show, this is Matt O'Kine being very, very upset with the attention I was getting about my new perm haircut. Hey, what up? Matt O'Kine here. You know, the one in the duo that uh, has naturally curly hair um, and none of y'all ever said anything about it, ever, not once, not a single compliment. But suddenly Alex the perm dog Daiso gets a single curl and they're all like, oh my God, you actually look really hot. Oh my God, it's Susie, shut up. Not a happy camper, old Matty boy there. He's had curls for a very long time and reckons that people were going a little bit hard on my new curls. Oh, it's bulldust, mate. It's they're going absolute gaga over this. You've got the loosest wave in your hair and suddenly they're like, oh, Daiso, you hottie. Well, plenty, Turn it up. plenty of people in the comments were liking it, which is why, Matt O'Kine, I find it very, very suspicious <laughs> that during... Our show meeting yesterday, we're all having a chat. Producer Bron's having a chat. She's telling us about what's on the show, the sweet guests that we've got coming up. And then suddenly there's a weird voice, okay, in the background going, oh, are you, are you Matt O'Kine? <laughs> and you're like, oh, hey, sorry. And me and Bron are on the video screen going, what's I know, going well, on she here? she didn't see. What's, what's <laughs> Matt O'Kine? I love your show. And we're like, oh, here we go. Matt's got someone on the street. Then they go... Oh, and I think you're really cute as well. <laughs> How much did you pay that woman to say I, that I in the middle trying. of our meeting? I it's a puppet. <laughs> it's a puppet from mate, the streets mate, to come in and she was boost about, your curl confidence. She was about 80 years old. <laughs> All right. So one, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Big fan of the show here. She was talking about Shortcuts to Glory, the cooking show. I was at the fruit shop. I was trying to buy some 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 food for some Sancho Bao. She recognized me. And yes, really? she, she said, Oh, you're very cute twice. Yes. So there you well, go. Very coincidentally, the day after you were having some confidence issues. So I reckon that was a plant. It's rigged. You're part of the ma- lamestream media, well, O'Kine, <laughs> and you're getting people to come you, on to make it seem like you're getting more I tell you curl what, love. I tell you what, she looked pretty rich. You know, like I was like, oh, you know, I'm very happy. We down there to get a little bit of sugar as well, mate. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of fructose. <laughs> From the fruit and veg. Oh, well, no, you didn't see what happened literally minutes beforehand. So I had a real quick swim at the local pool before I got on our call. Mm. And a lady recognised me there as well. Glistening and, um, with the pool water off your torso? And she said, she said, oh, I know you. You're on, you're on TV. And I said, <laughs> uh, sometimes. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. And then she said, yeah, yeah, the project. Oh, no, okay. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. So anyway, then my 80-year-old friend came up to me and said, oh, I love your cooking show. You're very cute. So at least she knew that I'm not Waleed. Well, I still think that she was. So shout out to you, sugar mama. I think she was paid. I think she was paid. It was too convenient.
Anyway, let's get on with this. All day breakfast. I smell toast. Now, if you joined us yesterday on All Day Breakfast, you would have heard the harrowing tale of Matt O'Kine for reasons we're still trying to come to terms with, decided to call his, well, co-star is not the right word, is it? Um, <laughs> his much bigger star in the movie Aqua, Aquamarine, Jojo, famous for this song. Uh, to ask if he was wanted on set. Turned out <laughs> he wasn't wanted on set, nor was he wanted off set. The man oh, was man. a bit of a snivelling crumb. Because you only, you only had one line in the movie, didn't you, Matt? Yeah, yeah. The movie Aquamarine. Yep. Um, Do you remember what that line was? Come on, man, we got to go. Lobster Bay's going off right now. Now, we've... Tracked down the movie and the line. It was what? actually you... dubbed over. <laughs> this is what it ended up sounding like. Do you love me? Uh, no, but I think you're hot. You're really hot. Come on, man. We gotta go. The beach house is going off. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, uh, I'll see you later. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Does, does wow. that sound like me? <laughs> that doesn't sound like Mr. O'Kine. <laughs> it sounds much better, as you could expect, no. from, a, from a dubbed line. Do you know what's funny, though? Because, cause like, if you look on, like, Wikipedia and stuff like that, you'll find that a lot of these movies have been dubbed over. Like, episodes of H2O and stuff that I've done, they've been dubbed over in European and in Latin. Mm. I mean, in, like, Latin America and stuff like Latin. that. Latin America. Who's, who's, so, well, Latin America, I was going to say. So, like, there's a dead language to, uh, for the, all those uh, Cambridge buffs there trying so, to brush up on their Latin <laughs> watching dubbed episodes of Aquamarine. Anyway, what I'm saying is sometimes the people who do those, those voiceovers, they're actually quite famous people in their country. And they've just like, they're just getting these like little side jobs where they're dubbing over my character in H2O. For a Latin, um, for a South American audience, kind of thing. So. Well, if they're only doing your line there, I don't think they'd be too famous playing <laughs> Bad O'Kind in Aquamarine. But uh, if you haven't heard it, the story involves Matt making a very awkward phone call. So we asked you, what's the most awkward phone call you've been involved in? Ash slid into our DMs on Instagram at Matt Donanda and Alex said, When I was five or six, I wanted to call my mum at work. My older brother gave me the number for our shop, um, which was 294. 949, which any Wollongong listeners probably know as being the brothel at 29 Kenny Street. <laughs> I rang and a woman with a sultry voice answered. I asked if it was Sam, a girl who worked in our shop. My brothers burst out laughing and I burst into tears. <laughs> Didn't touch the phone again for years. Oh, um, no. So, okay, so that's that's an awkward combo, you know, call, um, a prank. Imagine if mum did come to the phone. <laughs> would have been, would have been, I mean, it would have been quite... What about no? But your dad's here. Can we get him on? Um, <laughs> exactly. Jonty from Perth has got in touch as well. Hello, Jonty. Hey, going. Good, thanks, Jonty. Um, now you you got a uh, you made an interesting call. Yeah, so about eight year eight or nine, um, I got a phone call while I was at home. I answered the home phone, and it was um a girl I knew's mum, and she asked me out for her daughter on her behalf. <laughs> oh no. What? Oh. So, so how old were you again? Sorry, about year eight or nine. Okay. So, did I mean? Did you like the girl? 
Um, no, that's what made it even worse. <laughs> oh no, you had to dump her. You had to dump this woman's daughter. You had to reject yeah. her via her mum. Um, <laughs> it's brutal. That is rough stuff. Did you go the brutally honest angle, or did you have to try and wriggle out of it? I tried to pat it as best I could, but being yeah around. 14 years old, didn't really have much sophistication to it and kind of just said, no thanks. What did she say? Um, I don't really remember too well, but it was, um, you could hear her in the background kind of telling her mum not to and that. Oh, and- oh my God, Chanty, oh. this is awful. I can't imagine how then, much. Did you have to see the girl at school then from then on? Um, yeah, the next day, saw her first thing in the morning. <laughs> oh, my did God. You, did you say anything? or that? Because to me, that's a, well, we're never talking ever again. Like, it's oh, too for awkward. Me, I'm surprised she even went to school. I'd have been like, <laughs> well, I am moving town. That is as simple as that. Oh, wow. Well, look, let us know um, the most awkward thing your parents have done <laughs> for you. Um, at Matt oh. and Alex. Thanks, Jonty. I don't know how parents can stomach it, to be honest. Melissa from Shepparton, you've been on an off- awkward call at one point. Uh, very much so. In fact, I'm still cringing about it now. Oh, um, they keep you up at night, don't they? <laughs> yeah, those ones at 3 a.m. Like, you idiot, why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, tell us, tell us about it. Um, so I had just finished writing a very important email for my job. Um, and sign it off as you do your best wishes, etc. Um, and then made another phone call next to make an appointment. Um, they didn't answer, so I had to leave a voicemail. I was obviously still thinking about the email I just sent because I signed off the phone call with kind regards, then realised what I'd said, panicked a bit, hung up the phone and and have never uh, booked an appointment with that place ever again. (laughs) What, just because you said kind regards? It was also on a voicemail. (laughs) <laughs> and then you can, hear, you can also hear me going. <laughs> 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 that is that is very George Costanza ex esque yep. of you there, what Melissa. Was the the what was the character? What was the appointment? It was for a counselling appointment. Okay, so you just said, "I hey, look, it's me, Melissa. I want to get a counselling appointment." Kind regards, Melissa. <laughs> Therefore, I need to get counselling for the. Failed counsel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Melissa, goodness me. So, well, I don't know what the issue was. Were your regards not kind? Did you, did you have evil regards for the appointment? Well, I mean, look, I don't know what my regards were, but it definitely wasn't for that appointment because I hadn't seen them yet to give them any kind of regards. Sure. What, what would you have signed off? I usually go with a cheers on an email if it's yeah. informal. I go best apostrophe uh, if I do that. What, what would you prefer to go with? Well, to type it, kind regards is fine, but to say it, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Melissa, I'm sure they didn't judge you too much. They're, you know, counsellors, they're very open people. Yep. They uh, they would have understood and accepted everything. And then and then replayed it at their Christmas party. <laughs> no, Melissa, it's fine. You're fine. But thank you very much for chatting to Matt and Alex. Thanks, guys. We'll catch Bye. you later. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> Let us know about your own awkward phone calls, Alex. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Alex Dyson, our next guest is uh, the head writer and producer for SBS's The Feed. He's a up and coming. Why? She's not up and coming. I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> that. I'm going to start again. I'm going to start again. <laughs> 
up and coming for He's God's a young comedian no, with stars in. in his eyes. Like, you've been doing it for what? Yeah, okay, I'm going to leave it in. Let's just leave it in. I've been doing it for 10 years, but you're still up and coming. Even well, when 10 years in. <laughs> and it's so great that SBS gave a head writer job to such an up and coming comedian. <laughs> Look, you've seen him on Comedy Next Gen. Um, the, the podcast that you've uh, you've made Cam James with your mate Alexi Toyopolis uh, is called Finding Drago. It's into its second season, which is why you're here. Please welcome to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, Cam James. Thank you so much for having a young up-and-coming fella on the show. <laughs> you know what? I actually went for a um, – I auditioned for a show recently and I was talking to the producer and he was like, yeah, we want some up-and-coming comedians for this. And I was like, oh, great, like me? And he was like, oh, no, 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 like like up-and-coming, you know, like a, like a new <laughs> – like a young comedian and it fully <laughs> dawned on me for the first time that I was aging out of up and coming. The problem with like, that is up and coming up. has a has a direction that's going upwards. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. So you're like, you're like, but I'm not up or coming. What's, what's <laughs> Down and going? This is not what I thought it would be. I thought it would be way I thought I'd be way more successful. Well that is a um, thing. I guess overnight successes can be out of out of nowhere. It's the the same thing, you know, Amy Shark doing music for a decade and then a yeah. song comes out and something like that. But your, your podcast, man, has been going so well. The newest one, Finding Desperado, is a quite an interesting story as well. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you could expect if you jump on Finding Desperado? I can. So me and my friend Alexi, uh, we're both, uh, we describe ourselves as pop culture detectives. So what we do is we make true crime podcasts, but without any of that boring blood, guts and murder stuff that you'd get on cereal or something like that. We make true crime podcasts about the lowest stakes crimes in the world of pop culture that you can imagine. Mm. So first season, Finding Drago, that was about this guy that had written a, a bit of fan fiction a novel about a character from the Rocky movies and he wrote it under a fake name and we wanted to uncover who the real author was. Huge, <laughs> huge stakes there, obviously. <laughs> like, who cares? But it blew up, man. People loved it. It was on the lists of, like, so many lists I saw, uh, like, a year ago was, you know, the top podcast of the year and stuff. And so yeah, it's exciting it. for you. People, a lot of people said they liked listening to a true crime podcast that wasn't scary. So that yeah. was kind of fun get you down to find a the bit. niche well, I, I always fall asleep listening to true crime podcasts and then I wake up thinking, what have I heard? You <laughs> I know? know, like what what is in my head now? But at least all I've heard in listening to yours is just a rocky fan fiction. And just so some I, nonsense. I, this time around we've got, uh, we got uh, a new mystery. We found a new one. We found this guy who has a couple of Guinness World Records from the 1990s that we believe are fake we believe that they are fraudulent Guinness World Records. Hey, as someone who used to watch Guinness uh, World Records a lot on television and read yeah. the books every yeah. single year, I know the stringent tests. And someone who has attempted a Guinness World Record, I know the stringent tests that this organisation <laughs> puts on its records, so I don't know how someone could slip it past the net. Well, man, I, I look, I think things were a lot different in the 90s. It was a looser time. <laughs> there was no there was no webcams checking, making sure that you were actually that tall or, yeah, you know, exactly. eating that many jelly beans in an hour. <laughs> and this guy's records are pretty, they're sort of some of, they're things that you could fake quite easily, I think. He claims that he was the world's youngest filmmaker. He made a feature film when he was 13, 
There's very little evidence that suggests that that movie actually exists. And the well, other one that he wait, has. How can he say that? I mean, surely it has to have been released somewhere. Like people. That's what I'm trying to find out, dude. I'm trying yeah. to find this movie. It's nowhere online. The IMDb is very sparse. Um, I'm digging. He's from Europe. So I'm digging up like all sorts of records from Europe and from Holland. I'm reaching out to the Dutch Film Institute to see if they have a copy of this film. So far, you know, we're, we're getting progress with this mystery. But all I will say on the record is that the people at Guinness have been very difficult to work with. Mm. Um, they oh, are. Yeah. Wow. Now, that you're, rings you, true to me. Doing, that rings true to me. You're, well, have you got beef with Guinness as well? Dice? I do. Sorry. I do because <laughs> the things that, like, we sent them video evidence of this, these, this record that I, in the end, equaled a world record, uh, Cam James. Um, wow. It was the most Ferrero Rochers eaten in one minute. Okay, because oh as a teenager, me and my mates, you know, for fun, sometimes you get to look up something on the internet when you're hanging out with your mates. And what we looked up together was the Guinness World Record re- website. Okay, and it came up with random records. Have a guess what the record for Ferrero Rocher's in a in a minute was on the official website. Like realistically, if I'm going to yep. give you a realistic yep. answer realistic. without trying to be funny, I think twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I do yeah. not believe that, yeah. man. So me, eighteen year old upstart, up and coming comedian Alex Dyson goes five. Let's go into the shops right now. Let's see what we can do here. And then live on national radio on Triple J, I went for the record. Now, unfortunately, in the in the interim, it had gone up to six at that point. Someone else had beaten it. Okay. Oh, dude, and so then sorry. on the day, someone calls up and goes, I've just checked it again. It's up to seven. All right. So I do oh it, I God. equal it at seven, but by there the magic was out of it. I'd only equal a world record. So I wasn't going to yeah. jump through all Guinness's hoops because they're like, oh, we need this and all these forms. And you need to pay to have the record. So I'm like, stuff you guys. I know I, I, I know I ate seven Ferrero shares in a minute. I don't need to prove <laughs> it to anybody. I went through the steps of trying to apply for a Guinness World Record as part of research for this podcast because they they wouldn't communicate with me with any of my questions and the only way I could get contact with them is was if I was going through the application process. It's crazy how much money you have to spend yeah. to even be considered for oh, a world it's record. It's the new World Cup bid. Honestly, yeah. you got you got bloody diplomats sliding in envelopes full of yeah. cash so they can get into the get exactly. into the pages. Exactly. Got money under the table for the biggest spider in the bloody world near like the size of a dinner plate. Well, that's why so, you always see like world records given to like Red Bull and stuff like yeah. that because they've got the money. But guys you know, like us, we don't have the money. The, you know the one that annoyed me. The most legs a dog on a skateboard has skateboarded through. I mean, what are we doing with our lives <laughs> yeah, now? Who cares? Back to the real Ferrero share eating glory days of Guinness. I That's still can't believe it's only seven. Now, let me ask you a question about these uh, Ferreros, Alex. Did you have to unwrap them or were they allowed to be unwrapped? No, you unwrap them one at a time and you go, and you, but you, while you're chewing, you can unwrap the next one and then bang, 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 bang. But they are a little bit bigger than you think they are, which is I why honestly it's six thought to, it would be. Seven. I thought you'd put seven in your mouth at once kind of business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, yeah, yeah, you can eat it however got you want. Ferrero, they got Ferrero shares in the uh, in the vending machine here. Oh, really? 
I know, right? I'm like, oh, wow, this is not Triple J. World record attempt. (laughs) Are you going right now? Are we going to do a live world record? I'm not going to do – I'm not a Ferrero Rocher. I'm not a fast food eater. I don't do it. I I nibble. Give the the vending machine the old Wendell Sailor (laughs) and see if you can get a few extra. I proudly okay, well nibble. Then, uh, maybe you could go for uh, fewest Ferrero <laughs> Rocher. That could maybe be a record. But okay, so so you, 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 you've hunted down. What's the second Guinness World Record that this guy apparently so, did? The second Guinness World Record is longest documentary, and it's uh, twenty-four hours and twelve minutes. Which someone pointed out to me that if you just leave a camera running for twenty-four hours, that's not a, really a documentary. That's mm. just. Like someone was like, a CCTV camera is probably got the longest record for a Guinness World Record documentary. But this yeah. guy, I think that's just what he did. He turned his camera on for 24 hours in the 90s, filmed yeah. himself doing a bunch of stuff and then got a record for it. Well, like, anyway. okay, wait. To, on, to, to be fair, in the 90s there was, you know, it, VHS tapes that you would have had to reload the camera with. It would have been a little bit more oh, difficult right. than... You, you point your digital and then press record. Right. Mm. Um, but I do but- Andy Warhol. I remember going to see his film um, Empire, which is a camera at looking at the Empire State Building for twelve hours, and that yeah, you just you didn't watch that, did you? I, I walked past it mm. <laughs> at the Australian uh, Centre for Contemporary Arts in Melbourne <laughs> as part of my university studies of creative arts, for which I paid thousands of dollars. I tell you what, I watched an episode <laughs> of Bachelor in Paradise recently. Went for 30 minutes, felt like 24 hours. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's incredible. Did you get, I guess you sort of, depending on when you recorded this, Cameron, did you mm. get to go over to seas to try and track this down? It must be difficult trying to, you know, investigate oh remotely. I wish we got to travel overseas. We started recording this right at the beginning of the pandemic. So not only were we not allowed to leave Australia, we weren't allowed to enter the ABC, which is where we were <laughs> recording this. So they, they very kindly gave us some microphones and just said, you, can you guys do this in a cupboard somewhere? So we just had to film it in a cupboard in Marrickville underneath the flight path. <laughs> so for anyone who knows Marrickville, it's an industrial area in Sydney, very cool area, but it is directly underneath where the fl- planes fly out of. That's like but- trying to play a game of uh, backyard cricket on the bloody Princess Highway. Car! <laughs> but, <laughs> like, constantly but the, walking off with your wheelie the, bin. The good news is um, you now currently hold the Guinness World Record for world's loudest podcast. So that, <laughs> yeah. is, a, that is a relief. Well, it's come up an oh absolute treat. It's called Finding Desperate. Desperado. Cannot wait to listen to the full thing. Cameron James, it's been a pleasure joining you here on All Day Breakfast and uh, all the best with it. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me, boys. Well, Matt, we are really coming towards the pointy end of 2020 here and they have, I mean, it's thrown a lot at us, hasn't it? I feel like I'm at, uh, in the Nickelodeon dunk station. <laughs> And I've got kids just pelting the balls at the thingy. Yeah, we've been slimed. 2020 slimed us. <laughs> and, yeah, we're just thinking, I've been seeing a lot of things, like as it's become apparent that this year is the absolute, you know, worst, everything now gets said, this sums up 2020. Okay, mm. this, this really epitomises what we've been through this year. The meme templates are all out. So 2020 is labelled, us is labelled, and... 
whatever picture it is, I mean, it really shows Someone's us. getting unexpectedly slammed exactly. in the picture. So I want you to get in touch with us. We're like, what do you think does sum up 2020? We could get the official, the official 2020 mascot. And uh, something happened to Woods the other day that I think summed up 2020. She was cleaning up her studio, turned backwards and stepped on the power cord which pulled her ring light forward. Her ring light smashed herself in the face. (laughs) I think getting smashed in the face by a ring light is peak 2020. Uh, It's it's like it's when a farmer would step on on a rake in 2020, you step on the cord and a ring light hits you in the face. um, What is it? Bob. Sideshow Bob. Bob Stepping off the boat. (laughs) So many rakes just... (laughs) I did that. I bought a I bought a little holder for my um for my phone to film auditions. Right? Yep. Talking on the phone. I'm trying to balance my tripod on my toe. All right. <laughs> like I'm just lifting the tripod up and down with my bare foot, balancing the, the bottom the, the sort of you know the what what would it be called? The fulcrum bit of the <laughs> of the <laughs> the tripod on my toe. Anyway, tripod falls off. Breaks my breaks my camera hold up, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, I didn't even use it once. I didn't even use it. Well, that for me, it was 2020. And guess how much it cost? $20. So I spent $20 twice on this thing. 2020. <laughs> well, there it is. What, what sums up 2020 for you? We want to have a bit of a retrospective here and uh, we'll hear your stories. Matt.an.alex. This is All Day Breakfast. All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. Thank you very much for hanging out with us here today on All Day Breakfast. Very much appreciate your company. And thank you very much to Cam James for joining us today as well. Such a legend. Please check out his podcast and please get in touch. If you've heard anything, any stories that you relate to, uh, connect with or want to share with the world at matt.n.alex on Instagram. And look, Alex Dyson, some sad news coming out yesterday while people were still celebrating the uh, the election results days after they've been decided. Um, we, we lost an American uh, TV legend. Yeah, Jeopardy, a massive, massive game show over in the States, which I'm sure you've heard many pop culture references to over the years, lost its host, Alex Trebek, who by uh, all things that I've seen was, a, was an absolute legend, a really good dude doing some good things, who loved his audience, loved his show, and it's just a real uh, stalwart of the industry over there. Uh, he passed away uh, as a result of cancer, uh, but left us with some great memories, Matt O'Kine, uh, a lot of which with were his interactions on Jeopardy, of which you need to say the answer in the form of a question to him. But um, he, he had a knack of, despite being an absolute gentleman uh, all the time and off screen in particular, had a couple of savage moments which people oh. enjoy making compilations of online. Mate, he zinged. <laughs> he was like zing. the colonel. He, could, he was dishing out zingers. Left, right, and center. Um, I just saw one actually on on Twitter just yesterday. A very, very funny one. Um, when he was talking to uh, one of his guests, all about her favorite kind of rap music. So we're going to leave you with that on today's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Please get in touch with us anytime, and we'll see you tomorrow. I think it's very fun. It's called Nerdcore Hip Hop. It's Nerdcore Hip Hop. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, People who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners, you know. (laughs) It's really catchy and fun.
Losers, in other words. Well, I think... <laughs> I sure. Te- I te- no, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you.